the promoter always kind of gets the the negative side. Mm-hmm. You know, the drivers typically get the favorable side. You no, know, what I what I did say what I thought. People didn't like it. Did the next day? I think maybe I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, <laughs> I was guilty this year too. I've done some things on Facebook yeah. I shouldn't have done. We do have a negative vibe about us in the Northeast with our Northeast Dirt Modifieds. Those numbers were never seen before for dirt track racing. It's- Hello and welcome to the Dirt Track Confessions podcast with your host Mandy Pouch Mahaney. Dirt Track Confessions begins in three, two, one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dirt Track Confessions. I'm your host, Mandy Pouch-Mahaney, and today we are back for episode two with Brett Deo and Michael Mahaney. Now, uh, if you kind of caught up on last week's episode, you got the whole gist of everything, all the hats Brett wears. Um, If you haven't listened to it, definitely go back and give it a listen. But really what we're going to kind of chime into today are the challenges you know, that tracks face, that promoters face, uh, the series face, you know, in the, in the changing years, especially, you know, post 2020, all that stuff, you know, where do you feel like the biggest challenge per se you have like right now? I'd say that just the, the inflation, the cost of everything going up and the expectation that admission shouldn't. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a very strange business because people will go bowling and they'll spend money bowling and they never say, oh, this, this bowling alley's making money. That's not right. Yeah. Or they'll go to Disney. They'll race teams will go to Disney families. They'll spend. I mean, I always say the magic of Disney is watching your money disappear. <laughs> you know, you go down there, spend money and no one ever really thinks about, oh, they shouldn't be making money. But, mm-hmm. you know, we've like I, I had a conversation with uh, I had a conversation with Brett Tonkin today. He won the championship at Pencan. Uh, they went to the banquet on, on Saturday, which he said was a very nice banquet. And somebody was like, $45 for a ticket. They're, they're making money on this. And he's like, well, it's a business. Isn't that yeah. the point? Yeah. There's just this general feeling out there that racetracks shouldn't make money. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, what happens when racetracks don't, yeah. five-mile point, you know what I mean? You know, yeah. Orange County's on the brink them. of you know not being there. You, you just go down the list of all the racetracks that are either in peril or you know they do need to make money. Um, there, do, there does need to be a compromise because we do have – not only hobbyists, but we have mm-hmm. people who are racing for a living. So it's such a unique, you know, I take it, I have a pontoon boat that I very rarely use. Yeah. I go out on a Sunday, we fuel, maintenance, go out, stop and eat. Unfortunately, when I come back to the doctors, no payout when, payout for me, you know. Yeah. So it is a hobby for a lot of people. Um, and then it's a living for some people. And it's mm-hmm. a living sometimes for the track promoter, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's their hobby, right? Mm-hmm. Then racing you know, you have some people that do it uh, for fun, some people that do it for a living. It's just such a, a tangled web of like keeping the whole ecology of the whole thing working, right? You gotta, you gotta make it work. You gotta pay enough that the racers can keep racing. Yeah. Um, but like we talked about before we came on in the air, you know, you spend a hundred thousand dollars on a race car and then you spend four pit passes times forty dollars with the promoter. You know, and then we're the, unfortunately the ones that always take the brunt of the cost of racing, yeah. right? But, you know, if you go to Barron's or you go to All-Star or Bicknell or wherever, you know, I, that money doesn't come to the track. You know, that goes to their business and they rightfully should make money as well, right? They're in business, but it's hard because the, you know, the payout is on me as the promoter. Yeah. You know, the insurance is on me, the track prep's on me, giving you a place that you want to race and that you can afford to race. Um, but unfortunately, the race team doesn't really spend the most amount of money with the track and and that's a it's a challenging concept to make it all work because i can't raise the purse because you spent twenty thousand dollars at barons right Mm -hmm. 
I just, I can't, um, or pick now. I don't want to, Jeff, Jeff's going to yell at me for that, but uh, <laughs> it's all right. Um, yeah, that, that's hard. You know, it, it's hard on us because we're trying to make it affordable. Uh, we're trying to keep the pit prices down. We're trying to pay a good payout, but at the same time, the same challenges that you guys are facing as a race team, we are, you know, diesel, electric, you know, upkeep on our equipment, food pricing. Um, we, we just got a, it's got a notice that our soda pricing is going up for next year. Mm-hmm. Our insurance, you know, I told the story last year, I put the, the uh, season pass pricing out for Fonda and Utica. And two days later, found out my insurance premium was going up 19%. 19%. Well, I, yeah. I already had my price out, right? I couldn't change it for the racers. I yeah. said what it was going to be. So I ate that for an entire season of two nights a week. Those are things I think people don't think about. Um, you know, just there's so many costs associated with opening a racetrack. And and the other challenge is you're 20 days, maybe 20 days out of 365. Can you imagine if you went down to the gas station here in town and said, okay, you got to pay on this all year and you can open 20 times maybe if the weather's good. Good yeah. luck. <laughs> you know, it's such a strange business and uh, it's hard. You need to make the good races count. You need to, you know, we were so lucky this year because we had a terrible year at Fonda. Then we had three nice days for the Fonda 200 and I was like, ah, oh, finally, yeah. you know. But there's nothing you can do about it. We lost seven nights from April to August at, at Fonda, not of our doing. Mm-hmm. So those things are it's just a very challenging business, and I think that's why you don't see a whole lot of people getting into it. Um, there's not a whole lot of people out there right now like in line to buy racetracks. Most are trying to find a way to unload. So we need to come to that compromise between racer, fan, promoter, where we can be sustainable. I think that's a huge challenge. It's such a gamble. Yes. Such a gamble. Well, that's okay. So – you know, as a driver, a lot of people are hobbyists that will pay the $40, $45, $50 to get in the pits. But, like, how do you differentiate, you know, um, uh, the, the the pro stocks to the modifieds, but then also raising the pit gate price, but also raising, like, the front gate price? I mean, it's I don't even know where you start with that. Yeah, it's, it's so hard because, you know, some of these bigger purse races, you need to be $45, right? Yep. You need to be $45 to get in the pits. But then a lot of times you run a crate show or a pro stock show or whatever with it. And then, you know, I try and at least raise their purse at the back when we do that, mm-hmm. um, just to give them a little bit more when they come through the gate. But then, you know, on the grandstand side, you know, we went in 2019, we established our $11 ticket price for Fonda per se. And now we're 13. But if you really look at milk diesel anything anything <laughs> you buy $2. went up two dollars yeah. i mean we've certainly not kept up with inflation no um you know and then you get the message on facebook oh you're not paying enough or you're not keeping up uh. with that it's it's just so hard to try and keep the balance you know a weekly show um in delaware we're at twenty dollars because you know every race in, at georgetown is special right where mm-hmm. every race is a big race um we're fifteen dollars at utica rome thirteen dollars at fonda i mean i try and keep those in there. I try and sprinkle in the $5 Fridays at Utica Rome, the dollar night at Fonda, uh, fan appreciation night at Georgetown. We try and do the lower dollar nights before a big show to try and soften the blow on the fan side. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a lot, you know, it's a lot to try and keep all the whole thing running um, with, you know, and keep people coming through the gate because we need to stay open, but we also need people to be able to afford to do it. So. Yeah. Cause if you think about bringing a family of four to sit in the grandstands, it can get pricey. Absolutely. It yeah. can get pricey. But at the same time, like... It's still cheaper than going to a football game. Yeah. so Way more cheaper. So that's the tough part is, is um, are are they interested enough into in the sport to pay more? Are we putting on a good enough show? Mm-hmm. What can we as a racer do to, to put on a better show? Um, 
how can we make it more affordable so that we can continue to put on a good show and uh, and then uh, keeping keeping the track open at the same time. I mean, it's just such a uh, it's such a you stretched out all these different directions and trying to keep everyone happy seems like an impossible thing. Yeah, it, it's amazing. Just you know, we try really hard to keep the prices down, and then when you when you get people that are so mad about the pricing, it's like, man, I just don't even know what else I can do. Um, you know, it's, it's really hard. It's hard, hard balance. And you look at, you know, a Dallas game. I saw somebody, one of my friends on Snapchat sent me that their Tito's and soda was $37. Right. And then we are, we're, we're charging 13 to get in for five hours worth of entertainment. So there is such a balance on keeping going. And I think people just don't understand the, um, that just because you're open doesn't mean you're making money. Sometimes it's easier for me not to open at all. Yeah. You know, I ran those November races this year because I rained out all summer and I felt like I had a commitment to flow, mm-hmm. you know, American racers, Sunoco, all my partners, the racers to run those November races. Well, they weren't even close to breaking even. Um, so it would have been smarter financially not to run. But on the other hand, you have to take care of people that are racing for a living. Yeah. You, know, you need to be able to, to justify paying the point funds. and You need to run those races. So, it's not just because you're open doesn't mean you're making money. I think that's probably one of the biggest misconceptions from, you know, like, Oh, look at all these people. Yeah. Yeah. There are, you know, mm-hmm. um, typically it's not as many people as you think when you actually look at the numbers, you know, people always overestimate the crowd. That's just, oh my God, yeah. least, um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a challenge of trying to schedule on the right day and the right pricing. And, you know, where do we advertise everywhere's different, you know, Delaware's got this publication called the guide. Well, that's, it's a big hit there. You know, a lot of other places in the country, it probably would not fly, but it's yeah. a, it's just a printed book of basically advertisements and people love it in Sussex County, Delaware. So we got advertising there. Um, some wow. places, the radio works, some places you just got a boost on, on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's amazing. I, I kind of learn from when the monster trucks come, I see what they do. Yeah. You know, their brilliant. garden brother circus comes in and leases our facilities for the monster truck shows. And I watch where they advertise because yeah. they obviously do it across the country too. So it's, it's a balance. So advertising, price, quality of the show, and the personalities um, all, all play into it. I feel like I don't listen. I don't pay attention to any other sports except for ours. I'm very biased. Um, but I feel like dirt racing, maybe asphalt too, is we are so stuck in the olden times. Yes. Like we, we need to move with the times. Like d- we're going to definitely talk about live streaming, but people like freak out about live streaming. F- people freak out about a $2 extra charge on top or raising the price or the back gate or the front gate. And it's like, we have to. Right. We even the, to. You know, even the technology, you know, we're, yeah. we are still running big blocks. You know what yeah. I mean? That, that in itself is, you know, it's, it's antiquated. And I think for some reason as a group, and I hear this. So now that with our engine rules, right, we have a lot of national engine builders. And I hear from our, our people that build engines that, man, your, your people in the Northeast, they like to complain a lot. <laughs> you know, I just think we have a very, yeah. for some reason, our, our area has, has some negativity to it mm-hmm. that you don't see. You know, we leased out our, our track at Utica and did motocross this year. And I, I went over and watched, you know, I thought yeah, it was course. cool. It just seemed like it was so much more positive. Or, you know, you watch mm-hmm. some drag racing stuff on flow or, you know, for some reason, I don't know if it's because a lot of people in our sport are overspending right? They're over what they probably should be spending to be at the track. So they go there oh, yeah. and they're already stressed out and it makes them inherently negative. Mm-hmm. But we do have a negative vibe about us in the Northeast with our Northeast Dirt Modifieds. And part of it this year was just the weather. Yeah. 
Yeah. Everybody was stressed. People that race for a living were stressed. Promoters were stressed. People that sell parts, tires, fuel were stressed because we weren't getting races in. And I think that kind of was a dark cloud over our whole season because everybody was on edge. So then we, when we did race, everybody needed to make it count. I did, you did, yeah. right? So it's just, it made it really tough this year more than on a normal year. How do you feel from the flip side, the, the, the drivers, the teams, uh, the fans in the stands, how do you feel like we can help? I think one of the things we're lacking with the Northeast Modifieds is really showing personality. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at, I, mean, I, I think the Dirt Late Models right now on the national level have so many great personalities. You, know, you have your Bobby Pierces and Turbos and, mm-hmm. you know, Hudson O'Neill and these people that are really out making it happen on social media. I mean, Sprint Cars too, you know, Rico's done a really good yeah. job. Um, I'd love to see our modified people show a little more personality. So I think, you know, what you guys are doing is great. Like you've given great insight to the work that it takes to get to the racetrack. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think you've done great. You know, I I see some younger guys starting to do a really good job with social media. You know, Jack Lehner sticks out to me. He's done a good job stepping up his program. And I saw he went and spoke at the Saratoga Auto Museum and stuff. That That was great. You know, Bobby Hackle does a really good job showing Mm -hmm. the work in the shop. Um, If we could get more people to do that and jump on. Um, you know, I think it's great. You know, your brother has a lot of followers. Um, you start looking, you know, since Jordan's came into the picture for Matt, mm-hmm. you know, Shepard, they've done a, a really nice job with their social media, saying where they're going. Yeah. Even just that, saying where you're going. It's huge. You know, for it, your it, fans. I mean, that, that's yeah. so, I mean, I saw Bobby Pierce put out a schedule in the summer for his whole month of July. And it was like every, every night because he was doing the Hell Tour and World of yeah. Outlaw races and everything. But it's so cool to you know, to, to get that and know where they're going and make a plan and hunt the front, you know, they're yeah. doing a great job. Yeah. So we need, I'd love to see more of the personality just to show because um, fans aren't getting as much one-on-one time with drivers because, you know, with weekly shows and moving the modifieds up because of the time, mm-hmm. you know, time concerns. Well then, you know, you guys want to go, you're racing 60, 70 times a year. So you load up and go home. You don't have that one-on-one interaction. So if we could somehow get the personalities out on social media more, yeah. Um, and you know, that's on the race teams. It's on us too. You know, we need to do more interviews and stuff like that and post them on our Facebook page so you can understand the driver underneath the helmet. The trouble as a driver, sometimes like, uh, when I've completely been myself and, and reacted the way I feel, I've gotten myself into trouble. Like yeah. to be brutally honest, like I just, it, it does me better sometimes to take a deep breath and calm down and not show how I really feel about certain things. But yeah, I mean, I, I could, I could do a lot more mm-hmm. showing what I do when I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, hey, I, I was guilty this year too. I've done some things on Facebook. Yeah. I shouldn't have done. I need to take my, my phone taken away a couple of <laughs> times. And that, you know, then you're right though. You know what I, when I did say what I thought, um, People didn't like it, Mm-mm. you know, and I got screenshotted in every group and everything. Oh, yeah. because it certainly I, caused reaction. Yeah, and, and, you know, maybe did the next day I think maybe I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, but you're, you're right. We're on that line, right? People want to see how much do you hear? Oh, NASCAR is cookie cutter. NASCAR is cookie cutter. Well, can you imagine if, you know, like that time Jimmy Spencer said, oh, they rigged a race so Dale Earnhardt Jr. could win at Daytona after his dad's accident. Can you imagine if that happened now? Mm-hmm. How much backlash that, that would cause? So, yeah, they, they want – they want it to a perspective of that, you know, they want to know who we are and understand our emotions and my side too, just like you guys. But then when you do it, you know, sometimes oh, the, yeah. the, yeah. the wrath is, but that's, is that's, there. that's what, again, the negativity, we need to freaking break away from that. Cause that's what drives me nuts is people feed on that. You know, people, 
I don't want to say your average fan, but the typical fan of the stands loves the wrecks. They love the drama, promoting the drama with the drivers. But again, it's it's how can we work together and showcase the drivers so they make the the fans can make those connections. Yeah, I mean that's that's what we. I mean the the autograph nights, the fan appreciation nights. Um, we definitely need to do more of that. You know, I can remember at Orange County going in the pits and. I don't know, I was five years old and being in Chuck McKee's trailer and he picked me up and took a picture and, you know, he still texts me and like, I am so proud of you with the races that we run and stuff, which is very cool. But the, the fans now don't get that opportunity, no. you know, um, you know, back in the day that was, we went in the pits every week at Orange County, but the modifieds at that time ran last, you know, Will Kegel was running the show there and he was super fast, right? Probably the fastest shows ever ran in Orange County history. He was yeah. awesome with it. And, you know, we got to meet the people. Now we, we don't have that interaction, so we need to keep working on it. You know, the trade shows are good. Um, I think on the short track Super Series side, we need to do more autograph sessions on our multi-day shows. Um, just, you know, like Port Royal, we should have an autograph session mm-hmm. just to get people out there. And um, the fan appreciation night at Fonda is a huge hit. I mean, you've seen the pictures on the front stretch when we bring the cars out. It's just incredible. And this year we started putting cars behind the grandstand at Utica Rome. It's okay. such a nice midway. Yeah. It's amazing to me because I'm so used to being around the cars how many people never get to look at them up close? Nope. It was it was really amazing to me that the, how the people, would, you know, oh wow, like how do they get in? How does this, you know? And it was cool to see that. And we need to we need to educate them more about the cars. Uh, we need to get the we need to get the drivers and fans together, even if it's virtually. Mm-hmm. You know, all that stuff is going to help grow our fan base. Because if you just sit there and watch a bunch of cars go around, if you're new and exactly. you don't have that connection with one driver to cheer for or yeah. somebody you don't like to cheer against, you know, yeah. all that's all that stuff's important. I always liked those cutaway cars yes for the like in between the race and nascar uh was that's this, like was this before one thing me? Uh, no, i don't know that when i watched nascar was like the only thing i paid attention to i just oh, love oh, the cutaway car okay yes. i see yeah, i was like, like what's a cutaway car okay. as soon as it got to where you could pause it i would pause it and rewind it and watch it again mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's just a con- it's that connection and understanding yeah um because they don't get to go into pits you know I, that that worked for us at utica you know, yeah. we would put the cars in the grandstand till like 640. And when people are coming in, they could look at them. We'd pick a couple cars every week or if they lined up with a sponsor night or whatever. So that part of it is important. And, no, we did some Ollie's promotions. You know, we took the car and went to Ollie's this year, last year down in Louisiana and Texas, this year some in New York. And that was pretty cool because we had the discount tickets for the race. Okay. And they came over, saw the car, and, you know, just completely your everyday people are just coming to shop at Ollie's. You know, now they see this race car out front. Well, where do you race it? The one – uh, the elite race at Orange County this year. So where do, where do you race this thing? Oh, like right over there. <laughs> yeah, at, yeah, at the fairgrounds tonight for twenty five thousand dollars to win. You know, oh and, my god, um, it was cool. That was cool yeah. to see that. So, so that has me thinking, like live stream wise. You know, obviously, like you have a great partnership with Flow Racing. Like, there's so many people that say live streaming is ruining our sport. How do you feel about it? I mean, because obviously, you see the whole back end of it. I am on the the very small minority that believes it's the best thing that's happened. Yeah. Um, I hear at the promoters meetings, a lot of people don't think that way. Mm-hmm. I believe, I believe live streaming is a magnifying glass. If you have a great product and a great show, you're going to get people in the gate. Mm-hmm. If you do a bad job and the tow trucks are slow and your place looks like shit on, on the screen, yeah. you're not coming. Yeah. You know, Frank Cozy randomly showed up at Utica Rome. I think it was last year. I walked in the trailer and said, what are you doing here? You yeah. know, he, with his race car. He's like, oh, I've been watching on flow. The track's awesome. I had to come, tra- I had to come mm-hmm. be part of it. Mm-hmm. So you have that effect. Um, 
But if you do a bad job, everything you do gets blown up. Because, yeah, you know, when you're at the racetrack, you're talking to your buddies, you walk down the concession stand, you get a beer, you do this. When you're sitting in your living room and the tow truck can't hook up to the car, you're just like, come Everyone, on. Everyone's you know what tweeting I mean? it. Yeah, so it's, uh, I think it's great. I think it's showcased. I mean, we've had incredible numbers. Um, our over 40,000, 42,000 on average for the short track super series. That's nice. Um, you know, 50,000 plus for our big races. Um, those numbers were never seen before for dirt track racing. It's great for sponsorship. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I mentioned Ollie's that that came from there. Yeah. You know, we've got some other corporate people we're talking to for next year that wouldn't probably ordinarily bite if they didn't see the live stream numbers. If you can take it, leverage sponsorship out of it and grow your facility. I, I think it's a great thing. I'm, I'm a hundred percent for it. I'm, I have no issue, you know, if, if there's a bad crowd at the racetrack, I didn't do my job. I either didn't advertise right, the show the week before wasn't very good, or the weather wasn't good. Mm -hmm. So if it's if I look out in the grandstands and they're empty, it's on me. It's not on Flow Racing. Now I feel you and I, I mean, we're both in the Northeast, right? I mean, you've, you've done stuff to tap us outside of our little corner of the, the country. I feel like I've tapped out on our fan base. Like, I've hit everyone, modified-wise, so with what I love about flow racing is like I have conversations with people that aren't in the modified world that aren't in dirt racing and they're like, yeah, I watch it because I have flow racing. So I feel like being a part of that, like live streaming, it's allowing us to tap into other markets of Definitely. viewers. I mean, with flow, you know, you can sign up for any sport and watch the other sport. So, yeah. you know, you have people that signed up for, you know, hockey or grappling or whatever, and they, they have the access Plus the cross, you know, from pavement people to, mm -hmm. you know, late model people. I mean, now with everything Flo's got going on, you've got High Limit. Yeah. You've got Lucas. You've got Castrol Night in America. You've got our program. There's so many race fans, you know. And now, they're, you know, they're doing a lot more with the southern, you know, pavement late models with cars and all that. Uh, so it's it's really big. I mean, I can't believe the amount of people that watch or text me that say they watch. Or, yeah. you know, when, when Ross Chastain came to Utica this year and drove Matt Shepard's car, he was like, oh, yeah, I love watching on Flow. Yeah. You know, it, it, people are they're sitting in a motor coach on a Friday night watching yeah. us. So that stuff is really cool to hear. And it's 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 definitely exposure that we've never gotten before. So I think instead of blaming it for the problems, I think we all need to work on our problems and, um, and <laughs> yeah. you know, shorten the shows, get cleaner facilities, run mm -hmm. run a better program um racers you know the, the social media on your end and just get better I, I don't think i don't think we can blame live streaming for anything what about sponsors i mean do you think that some that i mean i gotta believe that there's companies that have no idea the reach that they could have on flow racing oh absolutely i mean i just sent out our marketing deck for this year to a bunch of different people and um you know they couldn't believe the numbers you know, I mean, I, and I have them. I can, uh, you know, with us, you know, I was on a pilot program this year with Flow where they set me up with a portal. I can go in and download my numbers or download the report at any time. I don't have to wait for them to send it to me. And I, you know, I did the report at the end of the year, broke it down by track, and the numbers were astounding. The reach was astounding. I mean, I think we need to do more commercials. You know, as a promoter, we need to sell commercials. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I as a promoter, you're, you have access to X amount of 30-second spots, and then Flow has their spots. Um, that's how it works on our agreement. And, you know, I just, just did a new one for the speed shop because I, even I wasn't taking as not enough advantage of it. Yeah. You know, we have all these people watching and um, we need to, you know, that's part of what I should be selling. Like we should be selling names on water trucks. We should be selling commercials. We should oh be God, selling yeah. the speed cam. We should be selling the four wide. It's not you know. just the billboards. No, anymore. no. I mean, it's <laughs> I, I mean, Barron's one to go. Like mm -hmm. they, yeah. and they, they took that across all different disciplines, whether it was dirt car, we us, Lucas. That. Yeah. Didn't we say that we're like, hang on. Barron's is on more than just, 
Yeah. Us. Yeah. Penske Racing Shocks Hot Laps for us. Dirt mm-hmm. Draft Draw, Bicknell Victory Lane. You know what I mean? Yeah. All that stuff that we've done. Um, you know, I know Erica Bicknell's thrilled. I got an email from her saying just how happy they were and they saw yeah. and heard their name and, you know, uh, BA Custom Headers Redraw. You know, all that mm-hmm. stuff. You, there is so much stuff to sell um, that we need to be out there selling it to make it all work. I mean, I'm pushing the 30-second commercials this year. I'm going to push a lot more of that stuff, especially for, you know, Florida. Everybody oh, yeah. watches Florida. Yes. You know, I don't Everyone's, care if there's mm-hmm. 200 people in the grandstand at Alltech. There's 40,000 more eyes on it on TV. Mm-hmm. So we need, to, we need to capitalize on where the viewership is and sell, sell advertising to that market. Do you feel like it's, it's kind of, it's so hard because a good old 2020 in the mix, but like say circa 2018 to this year or, you know, when, when you have a good season, do you, have you noticed number wise, like attendance versus the viewers? Our viewership keeps increasing. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, attendance was spotty because of the weather. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of nights that we raced that we probably ordinarily wouldn't have raced because we already rained out so many times. Yeah. You know, there was 60% chance of rain nights, and I'm like, we're going for it. The beach blast, for example. Mm-hmm. Typically, that would have been moved to Wednesday. Yeah. But when you rain out so many times, you start taking more and more chances because you want to get stuff in. So that made mm-hmm. attendance a little more challenging this year. I don't see any real decrease. I mean, the Fonda 200 was up. Uh, the New Yorker was up for us. The, obviously, the Richie Evans race when we had Chastain. The Lucas Oil late model race, we were packed at Georgetown. Um, you know, when you have the right event, the right weather, and the right advertising, people still come because they want to be part of it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I think we just got to keep doing that. Our, our all-star race at Utica this year was a home run. Um, that was that was a big one, too. I'm, I'm lo- I could keep you all day, Dayo. I really could. But track-wise, promoter-wise, like <clears> – <throat> like negative stuff, the challenges on the other side. It's, it's very different. You know, the being a promoter at the very beginning when Stuart Friesen and I partnered up for the dirty Jersey race, I said, you know, if you come here tonight and win and win $10,000, you're going to be a hero. If we make $10,000 as a promoter, Price was too high. We ripped everybody yeah. off. We're no good. <laughs> I was like, so you got to understand so that. The promoter always kind of gets the the negative side. Mm-hmm. You know, the drivers typically get the favorable side. So you just got to kind of brace yourself up for that. But the cool part is that the people that have been around for a long time appreciate the promoters. You know, Frank That's Cozy cool. grabbed me when I was young and said, Brett, it's not a crime to make money. Yeah. You know, people that understand business, you know, um, you, you need to make money to keep going. Obviously, you need to make money this Saturday, so when you lose money next Saturday, you're not completely in the hole. Um, so that's the hard part. I just wish that as a whole community, and I'm guilty of this too sometimes because I get into that negative mindset. When, when all you hear every day is negative, mm-hmm. it's sometimes you just need a break to make yourself positive again. And I felt like this year I really got down and probably wasn't some of my best work in the summer. Like I just felt like I was down just because everything was going bad. Yeah. And then the end of the year, we really picked up and, you know, and – that race at Orange County, if it was the last one, meant a lot to me, being yeah. able to do that. Um, you know, the, the race at Georgetown at the end of the year, we had two nice days for the Mid-Atlantic, and we finally mm-hmm. got a handle of the track. Mm-hmm. And it was like I almost got, like, a shot of just adrenaline again, and yeah. it fired me up. And, like, this year's schedule's really good, and we added new tracks. And, like, I don't know. I just feel like I'm recharged, and maybe that's not – maybe it's because we didn't race so much. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because the middle of the summer was so bad and the end of the year was so good for us. But – um yeah, I, I feel like I'm kind of rejuvenated right now, just more into it. And I hear that from our people that I talk to a lot, you know, our sponsors and like, man, you're kind of fired up again. Yeah. So I think that's, you know, you sometimes just need to block it out and keep yourself with your positive energy. 
It's it's a good way when you end on a high note going yes. into the off season. Yes, uh, you know, it's, and we have a lot of good momentum for Florida. We raised all the purses for all tech. I see more entries coming from different people that mm-hmm. um, we didn't you know didn't uh, expect, which yeah. is cool. Um, yeah, it's just we're we're ready, and I feel like we have a good balance this year with the schedule. Um, you know, as far as new tracks, returning tracks, we have I think eleven races that are ten thousand dollars or more. We're introducing a combined point fund. Um, for nice. people that run north and south, so there's more money. Instead of taking the elite and making a whole separate point fund, why not pay the people that are coming to everything? Yeah. You know, so take that money and funnel it into the, the combined point fund, which we've not done before. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. You know, we have a lot of cool stuff coming at Fonda and um, New Clay, and it just feels like I'm, I don't know, it can't be that bad two years in a row, right? we yeah. got to have better weather, and we have just set ourselves up for a good year to rebound and start in Florida. And, you know, there's other things I want to do. I want to reinvent the Cajun uh, the Cajun swing, but I want to do it outside of hunting season. Mm, yeah. I just think that's just knowing your demographic. Yeah. I don't care if I was giving away the tickets, they weren't leaving their tree stand. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, yeah, that's what it was, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, unfortunately that's the timing that worked for us, but I want to try, I don't think 2024 is the time because of all the economy stuff going on. Yeah. But I do think that we reinvent that in, in the spring and go back down to Texas and Louisiana and try it again. Uh, Cause I do think we can get people. I think mm-hmm. people, the people that did come thought our cars were awesome. But we need to be able to get out and do some of that stuff again. You know, it's just uh, it's a balance, though, because, you know, you guys would obviously want a $10,000 with a win race an hour from home yeah. versus towing 20 hours. You that, know, that was a drive. Yeah, it, it was, was fun. It was a drive. It was know? a drive. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's stuff like that. I still believe that our modifieds can be showcased outside of the Northeast. We just need to pick the events wisely mm-hmm. um, and do, you know, look at Cherokee. I mean, Cherokee had a great crowd for a standalone modified race in South Carolina. Yeah. Um, but we were in the spring. People were anxious to come out. You were close to the Charlotte market, and it worked. I mean, that was one of the more profitable elite races that I did, and I was 12 hours from home. Yeah. You know, and with Airbnbs and towing down there and paying 25000 to win and paying the qualifying races and everything we did, that was, I mean, maybe it was Bo Duke. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it sure as heck worked for us, you yeah. know. So I think we, you know, there's still, there's still room for expansion. We just need to pick and choose wisely. And I think this year is the year to go back to basics, pay well for what we do, pick up some new tracks in the Northeast, pay well in Florida, and, you know, kind of it's year 11, right? So we're into the second decade now of the Short Track Super Series. Um, So we just had to keep staying fresh. Well, guys, this was phenomenal. Thank you again, Brett, so much for making the drive here, hanging out with us. Um, It it means so much. I mean, I, I love everything that I do, we all do, and, again, at the end of the day, we all have to work together to make sure our, our tracks are here, our drivers are here, the sponsors show up, the fans show up. Like, it, it's at, at, as much as it is a me sport, it's a you sport, it's a you yes, sport. we're all part of it. And we all want to hit together. a home run. Yes, yeah. exactly. Everybody. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully we can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure. And, um, I mean, I know I maybe next time we'll get we'll get Brett back on here on his like on that trek yep. drive up. I can always swing in. Awesome, cool. Well, thank you guys. If you enjoy this, please like this. Please share this. Um, share it on social media. Tag us. Tag Brett. All the series, all the tracks. Tag Mike. Tag myself. Whomever. And um, we just really appreciate you. So thank you guys again, and we'll catch you guys next week.